content may not be appropriate for all listeners. Listener's discretion is advised. to WTF You Talking About, the podcast where we don't know what we're talking about until you do. I'm Katie. And I'm Decker. And we're here to ask each other, what the fuck are you talking about? So here's how this is going to work. We have six categories. That's we do. Got we have six. Yep. We've got Perfect. Six, six categories. Of, sorry, I like blacked out for a minute. That's okay. We've got six categories of topics, and the next episode's contents will be determined by the roll of die. So the categories are true crime, paranormal, History and education, science and technology, entertainment, and current events. We will be using an eight-sided die. So if you roll a one, then you're going to roll a six-sided die for those same categories, except it has to be local, so Idaho or any state bordering Idaho. And then if you roll an eight, then that's a wild, and you get to pick your category. So that's exciting. Ooh. And you have a penchant for rolling eights. I, well, I mean, I don't, I mean, yes. <laughs> I, I roll so You roll a lot of wilds, okay? I do. I do, because, and that's this one, right? Mm -hmm. Question mark? Perfect. I just want to, it always feels like the Riddler. Yeah, it's just a question mark. (laughs) Perfect. Um, Well, Decker, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm so glad you asked, because... (laughs) It's my uh, job. Perfect. (laughs) Uh, So, uh, I rolled for True Crime last time, uh, and I... I'm, I've been really enjoying looking for um, events like that when we're recording on the podcast, like events that happen today. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, let's go ahead and see. I, want, I wonder if anything really interesting happened today. There, there are a couple um, different kind of like uh, trials or executions or stuff like that. I, I saw that there was a, like today, there was the very first ex- execution in... Uh, a prison that Britain, Britain had. Oh. So I was like, oh, okay, cool. But um, I'm actually be talking about a noted uh, philosopher, mathematician, poet, theorist, and uh, hermetic occultist that was... What a list. Right. He was... He, this guy's super impressive, and I definitely want to come back on a possible history role to talk more about him because this guy's fucking brilliant. But um, I do have to say, though... A hermetic occultist is probably the best kind of occultist because you don't have to deal with fucking people. It, it's true. It's true. Um, but I'm going to be talking about, and I don't agree with the pronunciation that this is showing me because it doesn't make any sense. Is this a, sense. A, a women woman thing here? No, no. This is like, so this is Italian, but how they have it separate out in terms of syllables, it doesn't make sense because yeah. um, like it should be Giordano Bruno, but they pronounce it Joe Rodano is how they show it, but this huh. is Ita- like this is this is clearly Italian, mm-hmm. right? And so like it shouldn't be separating it necessarily right there. Yeah, that's what's throwing me off. But yeah, I'm talking about Joe Rodano Bruno, um, or how he was uh, original. His original born name was Filippo Bruno, and this specifically is going to be going over the trial and execution of him. Back in the, he was a, a 16th century uh, kind of uh, 
was what I'm looking for? Like Renaissance man in terms of like the, you know how you always have these like philosophers that typically like did like fifteen other Jack things, right? They like did so many things. I, I really ate with them so much since I dabble in virtually everything. Mm, that was a delicious it. sound. <laughs> <laughs> um, what even is that? That is the plastic covered in my motherboard. I see. Which I definitely need to keep it's there. It's very crinkly. Yes. Um, but yeah, so he was very, uh, very progressive for his time. Like, extremely progressive. And what was his time? His time, he lived from 1548 to 1600. Oh, okay. A while ago. Yeah, a good, a good while ago. Um, he lived during the era of Gal- Galileo. So, in fact, there's actually somewhere in here, it actually shows that his position got taken over by Galileo. Oh. Which I was like, oh. <laughs> like, it's some juicy thing. But that's because he tend to get, he tend to get, that's weird. Um, he was banished quite often from areas. He <laughs> <lived>. <laughs> I like this guy already. Yeah. Uh, only because, like, because of how he viewed everything. So, uh, he was uh, very much known for looking at, uh, like, the Copernican model for the universe, which is um, where the idea is is that the uh, sun is actually at the center of the universe. Heliocentric. Right, exactly. It's heliocentric. Um, And he expanded on that a bit further, which I think was pretty cool, because his idea was that there is actually no known center of the universe because of how it constantly expands. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's kind of cool. Cause I mean, in a sense, like, I mean like there, it, it, it's hard for us to derive where the center is. Like we have an idea that like there is an epicenter because like the, the big bang mm-hmm. and stuff, but it, in terms of like an ever expanding constant, like moving force that for someone back then, I, I, I'm not sure how, um, like, if this was, like, an like epiphany or, like, such a aha moment for, like, the scientific community. But I feel like back then, that's that's quite a stance to take, considering... The church was killing people for less. <laughs> yeah, the church was killing people for a lot. Um, and, oh, he also insists that the universe is infinite and could have no center. Is kind of, like, his concept because, like, of how vast it is and the ever-expansion. It's, like, it pretty much is just... That makes you think of, of Mean Girls? The limit does not exist. Yeah. I, there is no I limit. I use that quote all the time <laughs> at work when people like, uh, one of the things people ask me is like, what's the character count for certain fields? And I'll always post that gift immediately. It's like, the limit does not exist. <laughs> the limit does not exist. <laughs> I'm like, perfect. It makes me very, it makes me very sad when people don't get that reference. And I'm like, they're oh, like, uh, okay, you need to, you need to change some things in your life. I so, um, life. so he was tried for heresy several times by the Roman Inquisition. <laughs> So. No one expects it. <laughs> no one expects the Roman Inquisition. <laughs> it's like, as soon as I saw that, I was thinking, what was that? Was that Cards Against Humanity? Or... That, that's Monty Python. Uh, oh, Monty Python. Because I thought like that was brought up when we were playing one of our games as well. But I couldn't recall where I'd heard that. Um, I, I want to say there's a Spanish Inquisition card. Um, um, and then I Spanish think there's No One Expects the Blank is also a black card. Gotcha. That'd be really funny if you didn't do one expects the Roman Inquisition. That's like an instant win. <laughs> um... But, yeah, he was tried for uh, basically several scores of 
de- like denying like how um, like Catholicism viewed lots of things. He had manuscripts that had technically been banned by the Catholic Church, and he was he'd always go around teaching. And part of the reason why he wasn't um, killed off sooner, I am gonna say killed off because mm-hmm. and, and how they killed him was a, a, kind of weird. I, I haven't heard of the certain execution. Uh, I mean, he was burned alive, which is makes sense, but some of the stuff leading up to it just seemed a little weird. But like a witch. Yeah, pretty much, because he was very heretical with, like, a lot of the stances I had, right? Like, it was heliocentric, Mm -hmm. and, I mean, he was getting closer than the original thoughts of how space works. Yeah. But, uh, he he moved around quite a lot and taught at several different universities and academies. He was very, no, he was very much known for the art of memory, which is he was pretty much a savant in his time for using mnemonic devices. Hmm. Yeah. So with that, he was hired by a lot of like royalty and stuff to teach. Some people even said his his prowess for this was so strong that is almost considered magical. Like like he clearly had to have been like either like divine or something like in order to have like this knowledge set. Um but yeah, let's go ahead and dive into the trial. So, because I don't want to spoil all the good stuff, because this is not a history role, unfortunately. <laughs> but I feel attacked. So, um, so uh, the trial went for seven years, from fifteen ninety three till sixteen hundred. That's a long that time man. for trial, right? So, um, and he. The, the sad thing was because of his views and how he stood on them. He lost a lot of his friends because mm, mm-hmm. he. I mean, it's not like he had a lot of had a lot of influence and stuff. But eventually, at the end, I mean, it's hard to stand against the Roman Inquisition. Uh, yes, <laughs> without everyone dying, that's around you. So, um, so he was held in confinement for seven years in the Tower of Nona, which, with what I saw here, that was um, it was in Rome. Let's see, by the oh, by the Tiber River. Which is also important because that's where they um, that's where they ended up casting his ashes mm, mm-hmm. into that river, which is just like, well, that was convenient. Goodbye, rude. <laughs> I know, right? Um, and I'm not sure with see, so I'm not very familiar with a lot of the Catholicism rules. I I know of some things like the Eucharist and uh, the liturgical. Well, the first cycle. rule is you don't talk about Catholicism. You don't talk. <laughs> don't talk about. It. Um, so. And I'm not sure if you're familiar. I, I, I was trying to ask some of my friends uh, that I knew they probably weren't Catholic, but I wasn't sure they knew anything about Catholicism or, like, some things I'm going to bring up in terms of why he got tried. But is it... It wasn't commonplace for them to want to be burned, right? Because a, a lot of Christianic, like, gospel likes to preserve the body after death. Because the idea is that, like, when the second coming, you know, arrives, you need that vessel to kind of come back for a lot of different doctrines. Well, I think that was kind of the the thing is, like, that's why they were burning heretics and no witches and everything is Mm -hmm. because they don't think they deserve that. Gotcha. Okay. I just wasn't sure if that was... My my Western Save and uh, AP Euro were years ago. Oh, yeah. No. Same thing. But I retained some of it. But, uh, so let's go ahead and do, 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 wait, nope, 
tracking all the way back up to the top. Well, name. Okay. So now that we're back here, um, so he was tried for uh, a number of charges. So this is including um, blasphemy, uh, immoral conduct, and heresy on certain kinds of theologies that they had in there, as well as, you know, having pretty much like illegal literature. So very Fahrenheit. So the first thing here is they he held opinions contrary to Catholic faith, which was he was actually uh, I think he he was yeah he was pantheistic. Mm-hmm. And do you know what pantheism is like in terms Multiple of the gods. Uh, so no, so that one so pantheism is actually the concept of basically everything existing underneath one God, but it's where it's where. The cosmos mm-hmm. and deities, like, are one and the same. Mm-hmm. Think of, like, romantic literature, like, with, like... Um, I'm thinking of David Th- Henry David, like, Thoreau, mm-hmm. right? Or Ralph Wando Emerson, where it's, like, every... Yeah. Uh, sorry, what was that one you Polytheism. Said? Polytheism. Yes, exactly. So, this is, like, where God and the universe are one and the same. And mm-hmm. everything exists within... Like, basically, like, everything we live on and stuff is God. Right? And everything out in the universe is God. And... At the same time, it, like, acts upon us. So then, does deism come out of that? Mm, I'm not familiar with deism. Deism is, like, the, like, divine clockmaker theory, where it's, like... Oh, what? Outside looking in. Yeah, there is a god that created this and then walked away. Right. Um, possibly. It it may... I mean, I know this one actually comes back... it, uh, It became... What was it? Prevalent? I thought this one was really... Old, but it looks like it didn't actually become super popular, or pantheism didn't become a term until almost um, the 18th century. Mm-hmm. So it's possible. Uh, the thing that's interesting about this is it doesn't really um, uh, doesn't really look at an anthropomorphic god, right? There's like no like uh, vestigial like human esque mm-hmm. kind of deity. It just is like everything around us is that being. Right, so pretty much, it's almost like like the life we're living is, uh, beca- like from the life of this deity, mm-hmm. kind of thing. So, that is definitely heretical, <laughs> for sure. I can get behind that though, because yeah. it kind of like goes at this theory of like cosmic energy. Yeah, and it's because like I mean, I, you know, from my personal stance, I'm kind of um, a mix of like a the clockmaker. Right, I, I I very much kind of view things like with like the deism, where it's like the rules were set in place, and then we kind of like exist within that realm of rules. Because um, at the same point, right, and like this is totally my my views, and if you don't agree with them, that's t- perfectly fine. Uh, but don't send us an email. <laughs> I mean, I can't stop you. I won't read it if you send me said email, but. Um, at the same point, it's, uh, and it sounds a lot for him as well. And a lot of this is going to be kind of like me speaking on his behalf because a lot of the different, he said. He, well, not, <laughs> not only that, right? I mean, otherwise he'd be super old. But the other thing is that a lot of his works have been lost. Mm-hmm. Like, um, he had a lost or destroyed. Yes. <laughs> so, I mean, actually, so I think I think most of them are actually lost because um, I'll get to that part near the end of the trial. But um, 
So let's talk about some some other things that, that are heretical for him. Uh, one of the things is cosmic pluralism. Do you know what that is? Mm-mm. It's basically the idea that there is life possible on other planets. Oh, yes. Back then. And I was like, that's really freaky. I mean, I'm sure it would, like, I'm sure people thought that exact same thing even, like, older possibly back when they were starting to make scientific revolutions. I mean, the, the, he also lived the exact same time frame as, like, Galileo. Mm-hmm. So, but I found that fascinating that, like, he was almost, like, outspoken on that. That, like, there, like since there's life here and we know there's other kinds of celestial bodies... There must be that. Very heretical. <laughs> now, hold on. Was this um, before or after they had decided that the Earth was not flat? I do not know. I do not know that. Okay. Because I, I was just mainly trying to stick to the what his belief mm-hmm. set was and like why like they were trying him for mm-hmm. that. Uh, that's a great question, though. I mean, I assume it probably had to have been after that. Let's see, when when did we... When? And the only reason I like say that is because they already had started looking at celestial bodies. I, I, I guess we're, we're saying, is it more the discovery or like like there's starting to be more outspokenness about the Earth not being flat? Or are you talking about the church accepting that the Earth was not flat? So the earliest reliable documentation of a spherical Earth concept was the 6th century BC in ancient Greek. Hmm. Greece. Ancient Greece. (laughs) In the ancient Greek. Interesting. So yeah, definitely after that. (laughs) Perfect. Uh, So now the next thing that he was charged on was holding opinions contrary to the faith about the Trinity, the divinity of Christ, and incarnation. Also heretical. And I haven't heard of incarnation before. Like, it makes sense, seeing mm-hmm. as, like, we have the word reincarnation. But do you know what, what incarnation stands for in terms of Catholicism? No, I don't. Incarnation is the concept that when um, when the Virgin Mary was having her child, mm-hmm. that literally God came into, like, being as a mm-hmm. human through her as a vessel. That's, like, and I was like... Okay, interesting, because... So is that referring to, like, the Immaculate Conception? Not, it's... Or is that very specific to the moment that she gave birth? That's a great question. Let's see if I can find out. I'm sorry, I'm just, like, fucking everything up. I have got all these questions. No, these are good. Um, I already have the page open, I'm pretty sure. Incarnation, boom. Uh, And this is something I also want to investigate, because it also mentions something about there's the heavenly trinity, and then there's the earthly trinity. And I was like, what the fuck? I have heard of this. I've never heard of the earthly trinity before, but this is, I'm talking about, uh, uh, is that Jesus, uh, let's see, so it's, um, it's a, that the trinity was taking on a human body and human nature. So it's, it's like, it's like. So it sounds like more like the Father, the Son, and the Holy mm-hmm. Ghost all were inside of this vessel, okay. so to speak. That makes sense. Is what in- I mean. I, it doesn't make sense, but I understand. Right. Yeah, and so thus it makes Jesus Christ uh, being fully God and fully human. Okay. And you know, thus taking on two natures, and then whole biblical story. He dies. What you know? Um, everything. Of, yeah. uh, now us. This moment happens. I'm tracking now. Right. <laughs> okay. Do do do. But back to this, so that was the next one. Then he um, also held opinions, uh, not necessarily condoning like Jesus as being like like Christ, uh, 
he also did not hold, or he had opinions contrary to um, the Catholic faith regarding Mary and Jesus. Mm-hmm. And another one that's really interesting is he also had contrary beliefs as to transubstantiation and the Mass. Do you know what transubstantiation is? I sure do. You do? Okay. Yeah, there's, there's a line in um, one of the songs that we sang in Sister Act. Where it's everybody transubstantiate. Yeah, I... I, I didn't know what it meant at first, but as soon as I saw like the definition, I was like, oh, that's right, because I had heard it before. Uh, for those of you that don't know, it's when you take the sacrament, right? Mm-hmm. When you take the wine and the, and the bread. The body of Christ. And... It's as you're eating mm-hmm. it, right? Once you've ingested and accepted Christ into your body, it literally turns into his flesh and blood. That sounds so fucking crazy. Yeah, man, I'm a fan of cannibalism, <laughs> but I just don't want to, I don't want to actively you... be seen being cannibalistic. It's almost like aftermath cannibalism. Have you heard Eddie Izzard's bit on that? No, I don't. It think is I have. fantastic. Everyone should go look up the bit where Eddie Izzard is talking about communion. God, yeah, that part's fucking weird. Like, and again, you guys can all have your own face, but I just think it's weird that it's like, and, and I know I was taught this one because I was raised Mormon. I was taught this in a similar concept, but it did not register to me mentally. Like, oh, they, like we, they, we actually believe that as we ingest this bread, it, it turns is a into human flesh. <laughs> cool. Uh, and gross, but, <laughs> uh, then there was a plurality of worlds and their eternity. And then there was the belief of, uh, metempsychosis in the transmigration of the human soul. So, Transmigration is when you die, your soul leaving your body and then going into like the ethereal plane of like heaven and all that. And uh, metempsychosis, it it was almost used in tandem. It was hard for me to kind of separate both of them. It's not, but let's go ahead and do, 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 do. so many tabs. There we go. Perfect. It's a philosophical term relating to uh, the soul moving, especially uh, in terms of reincarnation. So, me- uh, metempsychosis is, it sounds like, reincarnation, whereas I'm definitely not a Catholic belief. And transmigration is more of the Catholicism respect of just the soul moving on into the next portion of eternity. So it's like taking the okay. it's like taking a soul train straight down. <laughs> I definitely have been meaning to work that into this whole bit. That was n- the that was look on your face point. was like finally. <laughs> um, and then also him dealing in magic and divination because of how good he was with his uh, mental prowess and, uh, but he uh, so he defended himself with the teachings, and pretty much every time he had these trials. So, because he had trials before this as well, like when he was younger in his life, but none of which really took fruit because he was very uh, charismatic and very well respected. Mm-hmm. So they didn't, they, it was hard for the church to go after him because, you know, they were like, this man is brilliant and he's, you know, teaching us all these things. Like, <laughs> don't kill him. Um, but in the end, they pretty much asked for him to recant what he had believed. And if he would have recanted, easily he would have lived. Which I think is very forgiving in terms of, like, like for the church's standpoint, because I've heard of times where it's like someone says something, and it's like, okay, you're getting put to death. Like, you don't get a second chance. Like, you've out, you've spoken out against the church. Had you only recanted, you'd be fine. 
This makes me think of the Salem Witch Trials with uh, Giles Quarry. Where okay. they're like, well, just tell us that your wife is a witch or that you're a witch and we'll stop pressing you. Mm. Tell us what we want to hear and then we will stop doing this. Right. But, like, this was the one where it's like, he's like, like, hey, if you just, if, if everything that you said, everything you've taught, if you just say that that's not the case, we'll let you go. You can keep teaching and stuff. And he was just like, nah. And most of the time he got away with it. Every time he said, like, no. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, damn. <laughs> you got us good this time. But uh, eventually caught up to him. And what's really interesting is, uh, what's the line he says? Okay, I'm not going to say the Latin of it. But in English, what it was is, like, once he got the um, the verdict, and the verdict was passed by the Pope at the current time, so this is Pope Clement VIII. Okay. And the funny thing was some of the people on those trial were all cardinals that eventually became, like, archbishops. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of, the, uh, one of the cardinals actually became the Pope later on. But uh, when he got sentenced... He said, perhaps you pronounce this sentence against me with greater fear than I receive it. So he's pretty much like, he's like, it's like you. You, guys, you guys are more terrified about me dying than I mm-hmm. am right now. <laughs> Which I'm like. He's like, well, I had a good run. It's like, time. that's pretty badass. But uh, the Pope basically said that his tongue um, has imprisoned him because of his wicked words. And all of his works were put into the Index Libo- Librorum Prohibitorum. Which is basically the uh, library of like uh, forbidden, forbidden things, works. Yeah. Exactly, and the, I really want to investigate that more because like nothing sounds more enticing I than forbidden feel knowledge. Like that, I feel like that is in a Dan Brown book. I believe it. I can believe that for sure. In like one of his like like the Da Vinci Code yeah. series. Uh, maybe um, I, it was Angels and Demons. Uh, it's either Angels and Demons or maybe the Inferno. Probably Angels and Demons. Mm-hmm. But um, what's really cool is like after his death, though, um, he was actually uh, since he was so well respected, he actually has statues and several different like things of his trial displayed in the area that he was killed. Um, and I think there's actually there is. A statue for him in it's called Campo dei Fiori, which is a field. Uh, basically, it's like the 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 field of like flowers, mm-hmm. and it's it's a pretty cool statue. Let me see if I can pull it up here and show it to you. Do-do-do. So many times, but yeah, he had a lot of things. Like there were so many cool things he believed in, and including like the uh, the he also followed like astrology and. I was Islam. just gonna ask you if he. Um, was an astrologer. Yeah, he was into astrology, and he, uh, <clears throat> particularly of like, uh, like a, there was some Islam. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was an Islam philosopher that he followed, for sure. And yeah, God, I want to talk so much more about like some of his other stuff. So was so this was probably more along the lines of like Vedic astrology, as opposed to Western. What's, uh, oh, Vedic astrology in terms of like being religious. Well, that that's like Eastern. Gotcha. Um. Yeah, it was Eastern. I know the there was so the uh, the uh, the Muslim philosopher that he followed was actually he had a title of being like it was. I don't want to say it was like the contender. He 
apparently there like that philosopher was so renowned in the West to where like he could basically refute anyone's claims about anything that they said. Like he mm-hmm. he was like world pretty much like I guess the world's greatest debater. Like he could like find fallacies in all of your arguments. A master debater. Right. Yes, master debater. Um, fallacies. History. I am twelve. <laughs> I am a twelve-year-old boy. It's fine. Here we go. Look at that statue. Oh, that is cool. That so is a it's pretty like... kick-ass statue. It reminds me of like Assassin's Creed, kind of a little bit. Yeah, because it's like... got the hood and the yeah. the robe. It's got like the monk outfit kind of thing going on with the uh-huh. the hood and the robe and the I... shrug kind of thing where it goes over his shoulders. You know. Yeah. But I think it the... looks very like mysterious and dark. This guy is super kick-ass, and um. Yeah, I think it, it's a shame that he was killed on St. Paddy's. But, uh, oh, so he was, he was burnt to death? Yeah. Oh, oh, the, actually, like at the stake? Or... So he was... Uh, let's get back to that main tab. So he was he was burned, and I think it was at the stake. Let me see. Let me see. The cast sessions. Um, yeah, he was burned at the stake. But the thing was, before that, though, he was hung upside down naked before being burned. Rude! And I don't understand... And was that to shame him? Uh, you know, it could have been. But, like, I wonder why specifically hung, hanging them upside down. What was that for? Naked. I mean, that kind of just sounds cruel and unusual. Like, trying to make all the blood rush to your brain. Right, like, oh, all the knowledge. I, <laughs> right, that's how it works. I don't know. I just imagine, like, crystal skulls. Like, uh, yeah. Not, not, uh, I was gonna not say, the vodka. I, I was thinking of the Indiana Jones. Dan Aykroyd. Oh, God. <laughs> That was a great video. But, um, but yeah, I thought that was very, not only very intriguing, but I didn't realize that this guy was super well respected in terms of the scientific community and for, um, philosophy, for Mm -hmm. like modern day philosophy. In fact, there's, there's a, um, what is it? There was a, like, award or, yeah, there's a foundation for him and then there's an award that's uh, to a person that makes, um, significant contributions for the search of extraterrestrial intelligence. That's so awesome! Because of what he believed. You go, Super go, go, go. fucking cool. Um, and the trophy presented is called a Bruno. Uh. <laughs> but yeah. Just goes to show you, though, if you're kick-ass. See? He, he, he wasn't wrong in his things. He's like, you're more afraid of death than I am. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna be famous, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, there's like a, a meme going around that's like, if you're not living a life where the church would have burnt you at the stake... Are you really living? Mm-hmm. But yeah, so. He sounds like a cool dude. He's a pretty fucking cool dude. So, with that being said, Katie. Yes? What the fuck are you going to talk about? Well, I, so I had a paranormal role. You did? And last week we... As talked- I kept trying to remind myself I did not have yes. a paranormal role. I was a little bit afraid that you were going to be like, so this is what I talked about. And I was like, you, you misunderstood the assignment. Damn that it. was not your role. Oh, I just <laughs> totally stabbed myself in the head and I probably I- have purple on my scalp. So, I I don't see it's anything. It's in my hair. Oh. So I don't, do you see it? It's it's hidden I, in my no, hair. No, I don't. Um, I'm waiting for the day when one of us comes up and is like, and this is what I have to talk about. And we're like, that's not what you, that's not what you rolled. Shit. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, well, here we are. Um, but so we talked about the Ghostbuster ruling. Right. We did. Last time. Yes. And I brought up a case... Um, where someone was convicted via ghost testimony. Mm-hmm. So we are going to be talking about the Greenbrier ghost. Perfect. Okay. So Elva Zona 
Heaster, I think is how it's pronounced, but I'm not sure, was born in Greenbrier County. Um, why didn't I write down this? I think it's in Virginia. I need to look that up because I wrote down half of a sentence and then got distracted and wrote down another half of a sentence. <clears throat> no, West Virginia, sorry. Let me just back that truck up. Edna Zona Heaster was born in Greenbrier County, West Virginia, sometime around 1873. Okay. We don't know a whole lot about her earlier life. I don't know that. We didn't talk to you. <clears throat> Thank you. Hmm. I don't know that one. Stop. Hello, goodbye. I'm a little okay. concerned that worked. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. Moving on. <laughs> um, on a side note, when we go to Vegas in June to see mm -hmm. Cirque du Soleil, I think we're going to go to the Honda Museum. Cool. So. Yeah, can we get Zach to open up that type of box, please? Uh, no, thank you. I just, I really need it to happen. Like, at some point, like... <laughs> it's been open before! <laughs> but he didn't open it. We don't, we don't need his punk ass doing that. Uh, anyway... I just love what he, Sorry, I'm going to go... <laughs> no, go ahead. The... <laughs> The rabbi he they brought on. I thought was was fucking amazing. That was fantastic. Like, 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 no, I don't think anything will happen. Oh, oh, guys, we got to cut. Yeah, shit. <laughs> Just brought in, like a rabbi from the street. Like, hey, rabbi, cool, come on in. And he's like, oh no, I don't think. Oh, 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 god, guys, guys, we stop. Right. So we don't know a whole lot about her early life, other than she was brought up near Richlands. And she gave birth to a child in 1895 out of wedlock. Um, I don't know anything about her child. I didn't find any information. In October of 1896, a, a drifter came into town named Edward Stripling Trout Shoe. They like to have a lot of names. Wow. Um, for the rest of the time, I will just refer to him as Shoe. Shoe. Okay. Although I may refer to him as Edward. Once or twice. Mostly it'll be shoe. Uh, anyways. Mm -hmm. So he moved to Greenbrier County and worked as a blacksmith at the shop of James Crookshanks. Like the cat. Just the Crookshanks part, not the James part. Perfect. <laughs> I don't think Hermione named her cat James. James. Anyways, James. That's neither here nor there. So he and uh, Zona met and they fell in love and they were married soon after he came to town. Uh, Zona's mother, her name was Mary Jane Robinson Heaster. She objected. Um, she took an immediately, an immediate dislike to Shu and was not pleased about their new marriage. Uh, they lived together until January 23rd of 1897. So they weren't married a terribly long time. Uh -huh. Um, since he didn't move into town until like October. Gotcha. So January 23rd. 1897, a young boy was sent to the house by Shu on some sort of an errand, and he discovered Zona's body lying on the floor at the bottom of the stairs. She was stretched out with her feet together and one hand on her stomach. So then the boy is like, well, fuck. Ran to his mother. Uh -huh. Mother called the doctor, who was also the local coroner. Doctor shows up, like, I, I think it said that it took like over an hour for the doctor to get there. Um, okay. I, they didn't say why or if that was important, mm -hmm. but either but it way, that it did take an hour. Uh, yeah. By the time that the doctor got there, 
Uh, no, I do remember why this was important. <laughs> I got ahead of myself. So they call the, the doctor slash coroner. His name is James W. Knapp. Um, he didn't, so he didn't get there for close to an hour. By the time that he did get there, Shu had come home and taken his wife's body upstairs and uh, dressed the body, which was odd because in this time it was the, traditionally the job of cleaning and dressing the body was left to the women of the community. Mm-hmm. Um, so he had dressed her, washed her and dressed her himself and laid her out on bed. Um, he had dressed her in a high-necked dress that had a really stiff collar, and he had placed a veil over her face. Um, and he, so the, the doctor came in and was performing an examination, like you do when someone has died. And he remained present, which was odd, because um, normally they don't. Um, and it's, it's not just that he was there, but he cradled her head the whole time and just, like, sobbed. So, thinking that this man's husband, this man's husband, this, no, this man. This woman's. Going backwards. Thinking that this man is grieving for his wife, mm. he, like, hurries through his examination, notices uh-huh. some bruising on her neck, um, tries to look closer, and Shu freaks out. So he's like, all right, I'm done, and leaves. Mm-hmm. So the cause of death was initially listed as everlasting faint. <laughs> everlasting faint. Yes. Like you just fell asleep and couldn't wake up? Basically. Hmm. Um, and then a few weeks later, it was changed to childbirth. Uh, this was because a couple weeks prior to her death, she had been treated for female trouble with quotes. Because Darn. what does that mean? Female trouble. However... No one knows if she was actually pregnant or not, so probably not. Oh, okay. Uh, when her parents were informed of her death, her mother said, the devil has killed her. So she right away she suspects that Shu has killed Zona. Mm-hmm. Zona was buried January 24th of 1897, so that's the next day in the local cemetery. Shu showed great devotion towards the body. He kept a vigil at the head of the open coffin during the move, and when... Um, she was laid out for the, like, the wake, um, in, I think it was in her parents' house, she was where they had the wake, um, he started to act kind of weird, because he would go through these, um, what, what is the word? Was he having, like, different emotions? Yes, I, like, he would have periods different of- Different states? I, I guess, he would have periods of being just, like, overwhelmingly- sad and grief-stricken and then suddenly having this incredible energy. So he's like bipolar. Eh, no, because that's not how that works. <laughs> but... Right, but he was, doing, he was going between states of pretty much like being depressed and distraught and upset and then also going between states of being active and... Not, not necessarily. Like, I wouldn't say that they're like, oh, he was going from like a depression to a mania. But like, he was being... You know, grieving like you would expect to see someone grieving, and then not. Like the only description that I could find was like like indifference. I I don't know. The only description I could find was said incredible energy. Huh. So I don't know what exactly that's supposed to mean, but I I mean I probably wouldn't equate it to bipolar just because this is very is it situation specific. When people used to say like people were like, uh, was it eccentric? I I have no idea. 
so he would not allow anyone to come close to the coffin. And this was super weird. He placed a pillow on one side of her head and then a rolled up sheet on the other. And when people are like, why have you done this? He said that he wanted his wife to rest easier and this would help. He also had tied a large scarf around her neck, saying that it had been her favorite scarf. To hide the bruising, of course. So when it came time to move the body to the cemetery, uh, several people noticed that there was a strange looseness about Zona's head. Uh, so anyways, they, they move her... A strange looseness. Okay. Yes. Uh, however, Mary Jane, Zona's mother, was convinced that her son-in-law, Shu, had murdered his wife. After the wake, she removed the rolled-up sheet and tried to give it back to Shu, and he wouldn't take it back. So she was like, okay, I have this thing now. And she noticed that it smelled weird, so she went to wash it. Uh, so she put it in the wash basin, and the water turned red. And when she opened up the sheet, oh. there was like a, a weird pink stain on it, and it wouldn't come out. So she interpreted this as a sign that Zona had been murdered. So she began to pray every night for four weeks that Zona would return and explain what happened. According to the legend, Zona appeared to her mother four weeks after the funeral. Like we said, the legend. The legend. Well, I mean, I, I wasn't there. <laughs> um, she appeared to her mother four weeks after the funeral and said that her husband was cruel and abusive and that he had attacked her in a fit of rage when he believed that she had not cooked any meat for dinner. So fuck that asshole. Hmm. Uh, to prove her point... She, that her neck was broken, she turned her head backwards. And then left. That's a nice way to say goodbye. Yeah. Look, <laughs> goodbye. my neck is broken. My goodbye. head turns first, then my body. Uh, and this happened four times, so over four nights. And it, so the, the ghost first appeared as, like, a bright light, and then it would gradually take form and then fill the room with a chill. Mm -hmm. um, and so that happened for four nights. So Mary Jane then went to the local prosecutor, John Alfred, Alfred, John Alfred Preston, and spent several hours telling him about this experience that she has had and convincing him that he needs to reopen this case because Shu killed her daughter. Um, I couldn't find anywhere that said if he actually believed her story specifically, but he had at least enough doubt to be like, Let's go question some people again. So deputies were dispatched. They reinterviewed a whole bunch of people, including Dr. Knapp. He stated that he did not make a complete examination of the body because, I mean, he showed up and that guy was acting real weird. He, you know, he seems like mm -hmm. he's just grieving. Um, wouldn't really let him get close to the neck when he noticed the bruising, blah, blah, blah. Um, so the fact that there wasn't a complete examination made was enough to order an exhumation and an autopsy. Mm -hmm. So Zona's body was examined on February 22nd, 1897, in the local one-room schoolhouse. Shu complained vigorously about this. He was real pissed. Uh, he said that he knew that he would be arrested, but there, no one would be able to prove his guilt of anything. There wasn't enough evidence to show anything at all. The autopsy lasted three hours, and it was found that her neck had been broken... Uh, the report was published March 9th, 1897. Her throat had uh, finger marks from being manually choked. Mm -hmm. And her windpipe had been crushed. Not automatically choked. Whoops. 
Uh, so her windpipe had been crushed, mm-hmm. and her neck had been dislocated between the first and second vertebrae. And the ligaments were also torn and ruptured. First and second C-spine? Uh, yeah, up here. So oh! The axis and the atlas, no. Yeah. Um, so this wasn't just like, oh, your neck is broken. This was violent. Yeah, definitely. So she was arrested and charged with Especially the murder there, that'd of his be wife. Like, that'd be like you shaking someone. Mm-hmm. So they arrest him, right. charge him with murder. So he's jailed to wait for his trial. And during this time, it was discovered that he had, in fact, been married twice before. Oh. Uh, his first marriage ended in divorce, but his second wife... But he wanted two divorces. Uh, he had two divorces. <laughs> okay. Well, no, he had one divorce, actually. Oh, okay. One divorce, three wives. Uh, his, so his first one ended in divorce. His second wife, however, died under mysterious circumstances less than a year after they were married. Sound familiar? His first wife had accused him of being really, um, accused him of great cruelty, is what it said. Mm. Uh, Zona was his third wife, so while he was in jail, he spoke openly and freely to whoever would would listen, basically, about how he wanted to wed seven women. Uh, I think got the seven brides for seven... (laughs) Seven brides for one person. For one. Um, for me. I don't know if he was specifically like, oh, I'd like to be married to seven people at one time, or I'd like to be married to seven people in my lifetime. Yeah. But this was something that he was, like, consistent about and would just talk to anybody about. I mean, seven's a lucky number. No. Maybe that's <laughs> what it was. He's I like, mean, probably not for wives. Jackpot. Um, maybe that's maybe that's why it didn't work out for Henry VIII. He only got to six. Shoot. <laughs> so um... And aside from talking about how he wanted to wed seven women, he would also say frequently that he would be set free because there was so little evidence against him. Hmm. So trial began June 22nd, 1897, and Mary Jane was the prosecutor's star witness. Uh, Preston kind of skirted around the whole topic of her ghost story uh, when he was questioning her. Mm-hmm. However... The defense's lawyer brought it up. So Shu's lawyer brought it up and questioned her extensively about her daughter's visit to her after she had passed, trying to make her seem, like, unreliable and crazy. Right. This did not work because Mary Jane refused to waver from her story. Um, the account she gave was the same every time. She wouldn't be like, oh, gotcha. no. So this... there's no discrepancy. Like, she yeah. was consistent through and through mm-hmm. every single time. And she she would not recant. She was like, no, this is what happened. Um, despite the fact that Shu's lawyer was badgering her intent- intensely. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the judge didn't feel like he could tell the jury to disregard this evidence because the defense had brought it up. Also, mm-hmm. many people in the community believed it as well. So that sounds like they allowed it because it was prevalent in the community. I think that's part of it, but also, I mean, the defense brought it up. Right. So, I'm... It's been oh, so, so since the defense, since yeah, the, the defense prosecution said, did not bring this up. It was the defense, defense that was like, "Oh, didn't you say you saw your daughter's ghost?" Blah blah blah, trying to discredit her as a witness. Right, but, but it, because they did that, it it didn't sense, work. It made it almost like, uh, like valid. What sort of looking for? Uh, that was just a valid statement. It was like it was. 
it was permissible in court, like or admissible in court in terms of like being used for the judgment of said care um, of the defendant. I think so. Okay. I, it's been a while since I captioned law classes, especially criminal law classes. Mm-hmm. Um, so she was found guilty of murder on July 11th, and then he was sentenced to life in prison. A lynch mob was formed to take him from the jail and hang him. However, this was disbanded by deputy sheriff, and I think four people that were involved in the lynch mob, lynch mob were actually charged with a crime for that. Mm-hmm. Um, he was then moved to West Virginia State Penitentiary, where he lived for three more years, and then died March 13th of 1900, of some unknown epidemic. I nowhere said what particular sickness it was that he died of. He was buried in an unmarked grave in a local cemetery. Wait, what year was? Uh, 1900. Could that... I'm trying to remember. <laughs> Bless... I'm good. Okay. Um... Remind me, when was the influenza outbreak? Wasn't it around that time? Um, Wasn't it between like 1903 and 1908? I'm trying to remember when. Because I'm wondering if it was that. I mean, there were lots of stuff going around then. Sure. Because there was, there was influenza and I think, wasn't there like yellow fever? Maybe. But there was lots of stuff. Okay. Well, either way, he got got. The point of that is get your fucking vaccinations. Yeah, get your vaccinations. Do it. Do it now. Unless Some... it's the middle of the night, then do it tomorrow. Right. Or you already have them, then high five. I Yeah. Okay. That was the high five. <laughs> uh, where was I? Ah, Mary Jane never recanted her daughter's ghost testimony, so she stuck to that for her entire life. And she died September 1916, and Zona's ghost was never seen in the area again. Um, I do have to say that she was convicted by circumstantial circumstantial evidence. Oh, fuck. He was convicted via circumstantial? circumstantial evidence, not specifically, oh, this ghost testimony is what convicted him, but you, you can't rule that out. I think that was very important to him being convicted. Mm-hmm. Also... Had that not happened, then Mary Jane would not have gone to the prosecutor and had him reopen this case. Huh. Interesting. And I think this, uh, as far as I could find, this was the only court case where it's been brought up, where it's like, yes, this ghost told me that this person killed it. So this was like, this was a... This was a trial that not only convicted someone based on circumstantial evidence, because normally, like, anytime I, like, watch, like, a TV show or something, like, that's, you know, you can't get Mm -hmm. someone on circumstantial evidence, right? It has to be paired with something, typically, is what I I see. Um. Because, like, if something's circumstantial, it's like, well, that means, like, it either could or couldn't be, you know, or it's not, uh, it's not definitive. Right? Am I correct in my understanding of that? Uh, circumstantial evidence is evidence that relies on an inference to connect it to a conclusion of fact, such as a fingerprint at the scene of the crime. Right. By, so you pair contrast. a fingerprint with something. Yeah. To so it's validate. like we have this fingerprint, so that shows that you were at the scene of the crime. Right. But then you use it to pair, like, oh, that fingerprint's also on this battering rod that was in someone's head. 
Right. Thus, we can pair... So, yeah, so, like, direct evidence, which is non-circumstantial, doesn't require any inference to be, like, yes, this is fact. Right. And so it doesn't require any additional but, evidence or inference to be, like, this is what happened. Yeah, but circumstantial needs a tag. It needs something to be yeah. associated with, otherwise yeah. it just gets it gets disregarded. Mm-hmm. Okay, gotcha. Cool. Um, yeah, I just find it interesting. So not only were they, was, were they convicted... Um, it, with the addition of a testimony from, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of like seeing something supernatural, but it's like a te- it's a trial where the defense pretty much did foot in mouth. Yeah, in a they, way because they, they brought up something. Fucked themselves that, with that. Yeah, no, for sure because they brought up something that wasn't already being used. And I think that's very specifically why the prosecutor didn't bring it up was because he didn't want to discredit his own witness. Right, but because they brought it up and they could not discredit uh-huh. the witness. And that's I think interesting. So I wonder that was if that... probably a weird situation to be in as a judge mm-hmm. because I can totally understand why you wouldn't be like, nope, you could because like the whole reason why you would be like disregard this is if it would lead to if it'd be more emotion over like logic kind of thing well or? yeah if it would lead to like unfair judgment of the defendant mm-hmm. or you know a witness or something like that right, right whereas if the defense brings it up themselves yeah i wonder if you know how the last trial talked about like they bring that up for mm-hmm. like a lot of like like uh like real estate like legal issues I wonder if that one ever gets taught in terms of, like, you know, basically be careful about what you use in court as both a prosecutor or as a defense. I'm sure it does. Because I think that's a great example of, like, that was not even an issue that was being addressed. And because Mm -hmm. you brought that up, you screwed your client. Well, and that's another thing that I remember when I captioned a criminal law class, they talked about how, I mean, yeah, the judge can say, like, disregard this it's a lot harder for a jury to actually disregard something once they've heard it. Right. And cause that's the other thing too, is I wonder, I, I'm sure it's a tactic where, where like lawyers might do something or pressure someone to where something gets heard and or seen. And, he, uh, but they know that no matter what, even though they'll say disregard mm-hmm. it, you can't disregard. Well, and things like, things like, like that. Cause it gives you a bias like on mistrial. That. Yeah. Interesting. Mm hmm. That was really cool. Mm-hmm. That's. And you say also, that is that the only one, or is that like the major one that you found? Uh, I, th- I, I doubt it's say, very common. I, yeah, I want to say that's the only one. Um, it is. At, to... It is at least the like pre- prevalent one. Mm-hmm. I didn't find any other ones. Um, I also have to say that I wasn't looking very hard for other cases because fair, I very specifically wanted this one. Yeah, it's just because I mean you always hear about too like. Uh, I think you brought this up too, like with like seances and talking about like uh, how it can be damaging for, um, you know, people trying to take advantage of those who have lost. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that they may want to insert themselves into the investigation, mm-hmm. be that because like, maybe they genuinely want to help, or at the same time, maybe they do have other, uh, you know, personal plans. Well, and there are some really interesting cases where that mediums have helped to solve, and I think the most interesting ones are the ones that the mediums had nothing to do with. Like, I think there was one where there was a medium in Sweden that woke up and was like, holy shit, and, like, called up the police department in some weird town in, like, Eastern America and was like, 
I don't know what any of this means, but here's this information. Mm-hmm. And they followed it and found a body. That might be a completely, totally yeah. bullshit description of what happened because it's yeah. been a long time since I've heard that story. But right. it was something totally bananas like that where they didn't have any kind of... Like, there there was nothing there for personal gain. Yeah. And so, like, there's some, like, weird stuff like that where you're like, oh, oh. But I think a lot of the times it's people that are like, well, I can, I can get myself notoriety or I can get money or right. something like that. And I think it's interesting, like, that... I think that trial sense of an interesting precedent, which is... While it may not be commonplace or probably should not be used, technically there is now a court case where the supernatural uh, like phenomenon mm-hmm. that can occur can be accepted in the court of law mm-hmm. in a certain sense. So I'd be surprised if no one's tried to use that tactic and possibly gotten away with. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say gotten away with that it was acceptable inside of a uh, court's. Yeah, and it's not like they were like, "Well, we call to the stand this apparition," like they did have a flesh and blood person there. Casper descends into the. (laughs) I am the unfriendly ghost. I'm here to ruin your defense. (laughs) But um, cool. Well, yeah, that was very fun, very interesting. But yeah, it was super interesting case. Shall we? Shall we roll for next episode? Let's go for it. So I have some Oblivion dice, and these are actually, like, extra large. They remind me of my cursed dice. Your what? I don't know why I said diced. I... My cursed dice. Oh, I was like, Chris diced. Yeah, cursed dice. <laughs> I think I think these might actually even be bigger than yours, and yours are whoa, oversized. Whoa, whoa. You know, my dice use is pretty good, but... Uh, yeah, they look like there's... Oh! They might just be... Uh, yeah, I think they're a little bit... I know that my this D6 is quite a bit larger than yours, I think. Uh, yeah. I love comparing my die to... You know, I still like it. I, I, it's not a statement of like, oh, these are better. It's just I'm trying to say how large these are. Yeah, they're very large. They are very large. They're like... Um, like let me show you this D3. Like, it's... It's it's a cow trip. D4. <laughs> Did... I was looking at the number three. I got you. Uh, I, I I just had your back. Yes. I know they couldn't see it. You know, I totally could have just been like, yes, that D3. Well, I'm going to Someone would have added me. Um, no, like, the, the, you could fucking... You could fuck your shit up with stepping on this. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's quite large. It's like a Caltrops. Yes. Um, and I can't remember... Um, they're not, they're not games, uh, is it Dyson Games? They might be Dyson Games brand. Okay. Like Dyson Games Oblivion. No, no, that's so wrong. They're Crystal Cast. Oh, Crystal Cast. <laughs> Blah, Crystal Cast Oblivion. That's what they are. They're purple and black and swirly and pretty. Perfect. Well, what, ooh, what did you get? What number? I got a... Six. Six. I think that's entertainment. entertainment. Yeah, because current events is seven. Grumble. Grumble, grumble. I just want true crime. It's I have one I want to talk about so bad. Well, I'm going to roll the same dice I've been rolling forever. No surprises here. <laughs> so, yeah. Local. God damn it. I mean, that's really exciting and stuff, but the local ones take so much work to freaking scour. Local paranormal! 
fucking no. Okay, hold on. Hold on. Since our local ones happen so seldom, I think it would be cool if... I think you could re-roll that. You think you can? Okay. Yes. Okay. <laughs> we we just, can have some variety there. It's I fun. have... Because there are some cool local paranormal ones, but with legally blonde rehearsals, well, no, like, I am like, not going to re-roll your, your D6. Oh, the D6? Yeah. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Cool. News. Or current events. <laughs> It does say news. I, cool. I can't, I can't. Local current events. Um, um, um. That'll probably be easier to do. I think there have been actually some I've been keeping up with lately. Okay. Cool. Local current events. That's exciting. And entertainment. Yay. Whoop, whoop. Someday my true crime role will come. Someday. That's like not the song from Snow White. Someday what my song? Prince, someday my prince will come. <laughs> someday my true even, crime will come. I don't even remember that song. Really? I haven't seen Snow White in ages. Um, I'm trying to remember if she sings it to the dwarves or if she sings it to an assortment of woodland creatures. I think, I'm pretty sure it's an assortment of woodland creatures. Yeah, I was going to say, it sounds like it would have been the woodland creatures because I think she only has like... I, if I'm trying to remember, I think she's like seated with her dress like all fancy out behind her singing to birds and squirrels. Yeah, that actually sounds familiar now. So. I remember as a young child, the trees in that scared the shit out Dude, of me. the trees were fucking terrifying. Sorry. Yes, they are. Dude, that was nightmare fuel. Yeah. I remember, like, the huntsman killing too. I'm just like, dude, I'm not having it. Like, I was, like, terrified. I remember my mom telling me about... Because Sleeping Beauty came out when she was little. Um, She mm-hmm. was born in 55. And she said that Maleficent scared the shit out of her. <laughs> like... Okay, I was thinking like Maleficent the movie there. No, like second. Maleficent. The, yeah, the Maleficent. Character. Yeah, she's pretty freaky. Yeah, she got some green screen mm-hmm. screen skin. What? I meant to say skin. She's got the green screen. I don't know what that. You means. can superimpose the background on her. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> well, shit. Man. As you can hear, we're starting to die again, and I'm not excited for it. I've but been dying. We'll find it's a way fine. to survive. So. Well. Thanks for tuning in. Come back next week to find out what the fuck we're talking about. Yeah. Bye. Bye. If you've got something to say, find us on Anchor at anchor.fm slash WTFpod. Email us at wtf.podcast.mail at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at WTFAYTA podcast. That's WTFAYTA, our acronym, podcast. Our music was by Decker Hinckley, and our artwork was by Kirby Morfitt.